You're listening to the RE Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew and Vince from Envy Invest. For more information, go to envyinvest.com. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks again for tuning into another episode of uh, the RE Social Podcast. Uh, we've got some very special guests with us today. Um, uh, Vince is with me. Vince, say hi to the peoples. What's up, guys? <laughs> and introduce our lovely guests. We've got two guests today. Yeah, so we have uh, some of our good friends. It's Nicole and Ryan here. They're both lenders, and uh, I'll let them uh, introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Ryan Christ. I'm a branch manager at Cherry Creek Mortgage. Been doing mortgages since about 2016. Uh, probably... 14, 12, 14 hours a day consistent. Wow. <laughs> Didn't take a day off for about the first two years. So wow. crammed in a lot of time. I was just going to say, 2016, like I'm jumping ahead because I know your income and I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? And how much time? Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's like 2006. I'm like, all right, that makes sense. Well, the, for the first two years, I didn't take a day off. So my, yeah. o- my old branch manager, Tom Ramirez, mm-hmm. he's with New American Funding, the Downey mm-hmm. branch. Mm-hmm. He was He was the one that told me, if you work consistent for two years, you'll never have to go searching for business again. Nice. It's like, all right, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And, and you, and you it did that. Seemed to work out, yeah. So you had a mentor. Um, I, I wouldn't say so much like someone that sat. I, I, I did, but Tom was more, he oversaw the whole, oversaw the whole branch. Got it. Um, definitely picked up a lot of important points and, and things from him and seeing yeah. His success over the years was nice. very motivating. Yeah. He was, uh, his branch was funding over a billion dollars a year at one point. Yep. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sometimes you just got to be in the same room with somebody and, like, just see that, oh, he's just, like, a cool guy. Like, yeah. he's not, like, a Elon Musk or Bill Gates type, and he's crushing it. Like, oh, why can't I do that? Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. You know, you're the, was the, you're the average of the five closest friends. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. That's cool. Did we skip over Nicole? Yeah. Oh, we introduced no. her. But we yeah. haven't. We, haven't. I, we didn't skip over me. We were just taking our time. Yeah. yeah. I want to <laughs> make sure we I'm give Nicole. you some, some light. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, I'm a newer loan officer with Cherry Creek Mortgage right now. So working with Ryan, he's kind of showing me the ropes. I've been in it for like six months. Nice. Um, originally a physician assistant and still doing that part time. Cool. A- anybody who's watching, they're both taken, unfortunately. The first yeah. time I met Nicole, she was like, this is my boyfriend. I'm like, who, him? I'm like, <laughs> out of here. Don't even come to my meetups anymore. <laughs> and then I met Ryan. He was super cool. Yeah. The meetups so. were just a scam to meet it's, women. It's just a just scam to women. meet Nicole. Dude. <laughs> it's a funnel. Yeah. The whole time. It's a funnel. Yeah, they're actually getting married uh, yeah. later this year, right? Yep. We'll see. Probably well, so so the plan is in two months, but that's a lot of shit to, climb, wow. to yeah. cram in there in two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, a lot. We'll see. I'd probably schedule out a little bit just with like the Omicron variant and all that. You know, like for yeah. me, I've got some events coming up. I'm like, I'm going to wait till next month to book like April, May. Yeah. Uh, for my stuff. Just because things just, this thing's just, uh, you know, it comes up and it goes away and it goes yeah. up, you know? Totally. So. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. So what's it like? I, I'm, I'm rabbit trailing a little bit off of probably the topic that, you know, the guests are listening for, but what's it like to work and live together? Like, is it, is that just, is it a lot or what? I would it need a break. It was a little bumpy at first, for I would sure. need a break, personally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was the one that actually kind of talked me into it. I, I was um, interested in real estate, but I was going to go the realtor route. Got it. And he was like, no, like, you should try the lender route. It's so much better. Like, just believe me. So yeah. I, I did because he's pretty smart. Yeah. So I trusted him and um, it was good. And then I think it just gets hard because 
um, you know, you're used to being really comfortable with a certain person and mm-hmm. you want to keep things professional when you're at work. And so sometimes yeah. those lines kind of get like blurred and crossed. Right, right. Um, but I think we're figuring it out. It gets better and better. That's great. Yeah, you you pretty much want to kill the person. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was. I'm just assuming that's if I was. I mean, no matter how great my girl would be, and <laughs> yeah. she's amazing. You guys are amazing together, obviously. But I just like, ooh, you go from wanting to kill them to wanting to kill them less and less and less and less, and then everything kind of gets in that's, the sink. And that's improvement. Now we're we're, we're, we're it, it's a huge learning curve. Yeah, living with someone, spending the weekends with them, mm-hmm. uh, going to going the bed together to yeah. waking up and working together yep. and it's it's you never get away from the person when you need a guy's night i got you bro poker <laughs> night <laughs> we'll play some poker we'll have too much whiskey it'll be a good time <laughs> so yeah. figuring out how we work well together gotcha. and how we can kind of bounce ideas off of one another and how it, it, i think the di- most difficult part is someone who has been doing this for years and years trying to train someone who just started out forgetting how much work it is and all of the steps that I had to go through and all of the challenges. So I think my patients are very short sometimes because I'm comparing it to (laughs) where I'm at now to Mm -hmm. like, why isn't this just common sense? And it takes a lot of time to get there. Yeah. Just hit him in the head. (laughs) Patience is a virtue as somebody who owns a music school and has, you know, taught a lot. And I interview a lot of, Mm-hmm. great musicians and most of them are not teachers it's a it's a whole different skill set to break that down and be like oh that's right here's how you i don't know prospect or i don't even know what it is involved in on being a lender but yeah, yeah. it must be a lot totally and for me um as i said i'm a pa so mm-hmm. like i'm i feel like a, a strength of mine is like educating right patients and things like that so yeah. for me i get frustrated like how do you not know how to put yourself in my shoes and like break this yeah. down for me, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, we still struggle here and there. Sure. Of course, you know, we're only six months into it, but we're yeah. definitely getting better and better. We're, get, we're getting the rhythm down now, finally. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So for, uh, that's good. That's good background. So people, any couples who want to, you know, do stuff together. Don't do it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Re- rewind and listen to that and see you know, if, it's, if it's worth it. You might lose your relationship. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the the stuff I wanted to uh, tackle today was, I know Ryan is a lender. And uh, I am very curious to know Ryan's story, how you went from making, you know, I don't know, five thousand dollars a month to like making that in a week or even even much more than that, right? Like a day. That right, that in a day, right? He's probably <laughs> made it right while driving here. <laughs> so that story, and th- I think that'll be very useful for our listeners. And also the second one, is we can go more deep into lending and what people need to get qualified and all that good yeah, stuff. So I yeah, like that. that'll, that'll be really good too. Gotcha, gotcha. So how I got started, I, I got I started out as a junior loan officer, mm-hmm. and you make peanuts. Mm-hmm. And then the government takes the rest in taxes. Yeah. So <laughs> here it's it's probably worse than minimum wage starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not really, but it feels like it. Um, yeah. I, I started out, actually, there's a gentleman who I'm trying, Devin, I can't remember his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's escaping me. But Devin, um, he unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but super helpful guy. Mm-hmm. Um, had a few phone calls with him and he was explaining to me how to start out because I didn't know anything. I read a few books and I, my head was still in a whirlwind. Um, 
it was the grassroots approach. So I would go out every single weekend, make it a point, Saturday, Sunday, hit open houses, run into realtors, and I don't know anything about anything. So every question, as advanced or as simple as it was, my response was, that's a great question. Let me get your card and I'll email you. Let me just confirm the answer. Wow. And then I just knew, like, I'm going to sound like an idiot up until the point I'm going to sound less like an idiot, yeah. mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep doing this because I, I'm i not going back to my old job. I, I didn't hate it, but it was a dead-end job. What was well, it? Yeah. Was I, I worked for a manufacturing company. We mm-hmm. manufactured an oil absorbent. So my position was I was the person that I had to get in contact with the category buyer. So the person that that put together all of the planograms for the store. And for those of you that don't know, a planogram is like, if you go into Home Depot, for example, it's a roadmap of where every single product is on every single shelf in every store. So not only did I have to try to figure out who the category buyer was, they're rotating them usually every two, three years or so. So people can't give them kickbacks and try to like grease their pockets to stay on the shelf or buy a position on the shelf. You got to figure out who they are, try to call the secretary at Home Depot corporate as an example 1500 times until you get a phone number or email address and then find out that they're not interviewing for their planogram or or for their category for another six months. And then once they do interview, you've got to book a flight, book a hotel, hope that they like what you're, what you're selling when you get there. And if not, it was all for nothing. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I think that tenacity of a long, strenuous, strenuous sales cycle is what helped me realize like, hey, this, if I can do this is a hell of a lot easier than, than a six month, 12 month sales cycle. Um, so back, backtracking to what I was talking about before, um, I started out hitting open houses. So mm-hmm. I would try to make it a point to hit 15 to 20 on a Saturday, 15 to 20 on a Sunday, collect all of the business cards write down any notes I had on that person. And that was going to be my group of people that I'm going to harass for the next two weeks until. So you're just doing lead generation. Yeah. Just off of realtors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and at that time that would have been probably summer of 16. Mm -hmm. It was not a super hot market at that time. Yeah. I would walk into the open house. It's two o'clock. The open house started at 11. I was the one and only person who walked into that entire open house. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. It's a way different market. Opposite of today. Yeah. Yeah. So the nice part was when I finally did walk in, they hadn't talked to anybody for the last three hours. So they're excited that somebody came in to talk to them. person was in that yeah, open yeah, house. Yeah, so, yeah it kind of worked so, out then, huh? Because you can't just walk into to offices. A lot of them are closed offices. Mm-hmm. And if you try to walk in there, the person at the front desk is going to stop you. You can't get to anybody. Yeah. So how do I get to them? They're sitting there at their open houses. They post the schedules online. Who's going to be there? I can look wow. up their production numbers. But it was it was a lot easier at the time. I haven't done that in, in several years now. But what I would do is I would just pick a few main streets. I lived in Chino Hills at the time. Pick a few main streets, drive up and down those main streets, looking for the open house signs, and then follow them to the house. That's awesome. And it probably took me about two to three months just to get one person to say yes. That they'll give me an opportunity. And it's it's difficult starting out, but the way you have to consider it is it's just being in the right place at the right time. Right. That at some point in time, their lender is going to drop the ball. 
And they only remember based on the last transaction. You could have 40 good transactions and you royally screw up the, the, the last one. That's what they remember you by. Mm-hmm. So trying to, so trying to time it to where, and it's not even something you can time, but, but being in the right place at the right time that their lender just made a mistake. They're now open to talking to somebody else and you just happen to walk into that open house or happen to pick up the phone and call that person. Mm-hmm. So I could pretty much trace back most of my contacts after the, to the first person that said yes and gave me an opportunity. And he knew I was, I was brand new to it, but here's the thing. When his loan officer was super busy, he would call him and ask him a question and he wouldn't hear back from the guy for three, four hours, but he knew if he called me, my, nobody else is calling me. I'm getting you an <laughs> yeah. answer in five minutes. You're the yep. only person calling my, you're the most important person that's calling my yep. phone that day. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's cool. So he knew that I did not know anything, but anything he needed, I would drop. I wasn't doing anything, so I had nothing to drop yep. what I was doing. Right. I would get him the answer right away. That's awesome. So, so how, how long was this process going on? So, you know, try to get like a few clients. So this was going on for a few months, few probably, years? Probably three months. Okay. Two to th- I would say two to three months before I got one realtor. Okay. And then what I did, that was actually out of the Keller Williams Chino Hills office. Then okay. what I did was he gave me a deal. It should not have been a deal. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting down with my operations manager trying to structure this thing. And after about half hour, he tells me it's not a deal. I'm like, what the hell? this is my only deal. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this has got to work. Yeah. So of course me, I don't, I never take no for an answer. Like I will beat it until it's dead. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I, I sat down and I figured out a way based on it appraising for higher than anybody would anticipate it to. Mm-hmm. And God willing it did. Oh, it did. Okay. Because we had we, the ratios were so tight on this one, mm-hmm. it was a cash out refi. Yeah. They needed to, in order for the DTI to be low enough, mm-hmm. it needed to do appraise. I, I I couldn't tell you the amount, but it needed to appraise for a certain amount to give them enough extra cash mm-hmm. to pay off the remaining debts that brought the DTI into qualifying range. Yeah. And it just happened to. Wow. So close that one, and his other lender couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So this was the first guy that gave me the chance. His other lender couldn't do it. He mm-hmm. killed the deal. Okay. And here, I just got lucky, but yeah. he started sending me everything. I still work with him to this day. So so three months to do that first deal? Uh, probably three months to make the contact to where he gave me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. About another month, month and a half before it actually closed and funded. Yeah. So that's what I want the listeners to understand, right? So Ryan right now, he makes a, he makes a lot of money. But he he did take a lot of time in the in, in the beginning to it's like the train right it, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of potential energy to actually make it move yeah but once you know so then I want to go did you have anything to add Nicole no I just want to I guess just that you know it's not not just being at the right place at the right time but also the consistency eventually yeah. it's gonna pay yeah, off yeah you're showing point. up mm-hmm. yeah. not a lot of people will have the humility and the drive to do what you're that I mean three months of just like having no results yeah most people would have quit after like one. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. So, so my old branch manager, Tom, told me, expect to put in effort every single day for six months and nothing happened. And then all of a sudden it will. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm halfway you there. You had that like, mentor who kind of like prepared you for like, hey, you're going to eat a shit sandwich for a while. But just yeah. yeah. And it was Learned to love it. like I, I, I knew for me it was there was no going. I, I was still working at my previous job at the time. Uh, it was uh, commission only, which somehow the timing it, it got dropped off of my salary 
but the commission was actually a little more than my salary. That was coming in up until the point. It, it started when I started real estate, and then I left that company right when I started making money in real estate. So the wow. timing couldn't yeah. have worked out any better. Um, but I knew I didn't want to go back to that, and, and I, I was not going to work for four or five grand a month for the rest. Like, there's, there's, no, there's nothing but being successful alone it's like i'm gonna do whatever the heck it takes at this point so you are you're now uh, three months in you've got your first client so now are, are you trying to do you even know at this point in your career that you need systems in place and all that stuff or are you just trying to still figure it out right i'm just trying to keep my head above water and so, figure out so how did you go from just a regular person just doing this because i know a lot of loan officers remember you know we, we buy a bunch of houses I've, mm -hmm. I've uh, dealt with a lot of, of these loan officers. Mm -hmm. Nobody's doing what you're doing. So my my question is, how did you go from that to a regular loan officer to a branch manager? You can make like, you know, 10 times more. So let me I'll backtrack to that first kind of referral partner that I that I met with. Yeah, Devin. Um, I, I went into, I, I started showing up at his office now because now I know him. I have a reason to go there. Mm -hmm. When I show up at his office, I'm passing my cards out to everybody. And I'm also asking him to introduce me to people he knows that could benefit. Yeah. So he introduced me to another realtor again, who I still work with to this day, who he had a, he had a team that handled his buyers, probably about five, six agents. Mm -hmm. We still work with two of them to this day. One of them branched off, opened his own team and he's got probably five or six realtors before he opened his own team, he also worked with another team who started, who now has grown that team. So it's just been this like chain reaction to the first person I ever met. I can, I can kind of go after almost, I, I can kind of trace back to almost every single relationship. And I, I, I think a lot of the loan officers, they'll have a good month, make a ton of money and slack off. So it's just been staying consistent because the second the realtors and my referral partners can't rely on me, they're going to find someone that can. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the kiss of death to a lot of these loan officers is they'll, they'll, they, they have the opportunity to do the same thing, but where the ball gets dropped is they're out, they make a ton of money. So they go out to, to Vegas. They're going out on the weekends, partying myself. I don't, I don't even drink. I'm in bed at nine o'clock at night and I'm up early handling business. So where I, where I got to where, how I got to where I'm at right now was I probably shouldn't say the company that I was with and the problems that it had at the time, right? Maybe don't mention their name. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the company that I, the company that I started with, yeah. <clears throat> um, it, it was good until about two, mid 2019. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I noticed we were priced out of the market by about an eighth quarter of a percent. It was a pretty competitive, from what I can remember, it was getting more and more competitive because I think, I think 2000, I think early to, I could, I could be kind of mixing up the timelines here. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the treasury yield, but I think 2019, the rates were, the, the margins were kind of being cinched and the banks were feeling it and trying to push that cost onto the loan officers, which meant the margins were getting more compressed. So <clears throat> around 2019, we were priced out of the market. 
and the company at the t at the time had decided, okay, we're gonna adjust, we're gonna lower your comp in order to in order to be more competitive. So what mm -hmm. it what it what it looked like during that time, in order for us to be competitive, was we were earning half to one third per deal. Mm -hmm. So we're talking 75, 50 basis points per deal for every single deal we closed to compete with every uh, with what every other lender was paying full comp. Yeah. So usually it's one and a half to two. Points, yeah, right? correct, yeah. correct. So we tolerated it for a little while. Then it happened again. Then then it went, finally went back to normal. But that normal was we're gonna cut your basis points. I think it was by about ten basis points. So what were you making at this point? At this one one fifty. One fifty basis points. No, no, no. Like uh, in, like year. Oh, in income. Yeah, yeah. Mm, maybe around a quarter million. Okay, so you were already making pretty good. At yeah. this point, yeah. yeah. And then how did you go from making $5,000 a month to making, you know, $20,000 a month? Being consistent. Just Being following up with people and all this stuff, right? Just, okay. yeah, because even when I when I started at this company, I, I was in a cubicle. I did mm -hmm. not have an office. So I'm sitting there making phone calls and follow-up calls in the processors, like, bullpen, basically, where the girls are yelling on the phones, people are yelling across the office, Every single day, I would lock myself in the storage cabinet where they kept like the paper towels, the tissue paper, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I would lock myself in there. I would sit on a box with my computer on the floor and just bang out calls for four hours at a time. Whatever and it takes. Yeah, yeah. At this point, Ryan, did you have like Nicole and stuff <laughs> under your team or not Nicole, but other loan officers or just processes and, you know, those? No, just, to, just, to share, just one shared assistant. Okay. Yeah. Just want to share this. So by yourself, you were able to just push in like 50 hours, 60 hours a, a week, and then you can make that much money. Probably 80 to 100 hours a week. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of hours. And so, so then kind of going back to 2019, mm -hmm. it started happening again. We're priced out of the market. We got to make half to one third of what we were making. But the, the fix was we're going to permanently reduce your basis points. And at this point, there were some other things that had happened that I won't go into details that yeah. I had made a decision to start interviewing other companies. Mm -hmm. And I, one of them I was, I was looking at and I actually interviewed with was a, a really heavy hitter out in Temecula. Mm -hmm. it, it would have been an amazing opportunity even to this day. I'm kind of like, mm, maybe I should have gone for that just because this guy really knows his stuff. But Temecula, I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to move to Temecula. There's no way in hell I'm driving there. And in order to be successful in an office, you got to be president. Mm -hmm. So I happened to get a call probably a week later from a recruiter. Mm -hmm. And I either just hang up or blow him off. And he called me right place, right time. And I told him that I have a lot of people calling me, a lot of people interested in recruiting me. The only way that I'm going to come over is for an, for an advancement in my position. There's no way I'm just doing a lateral movement. If you can make that happen, then I'll do it. At first, they couldn't. The more you start ignoring them, the more desperate they get. Mm -hmm. So I would ignore their calls for like a week, two weeks. Not, on, not necessarily on purpose, but it, it, again, it goes back to what I was saying, that if, I, if it's just a lateral movement, I'm not interested. So the more difficult I was to reach, the more kind of aggressive they became. So I talked to a few other branch managers and asked them what I should ask for in my, in my agreement and in my contract and went with what they were saying, but kind of threw some other things in there that were 
a little bit much because what's the worst thing can happen? Then I just find another bank and they actually went for it. So gave me an opportunity to run my own office. Didn't go well at first. Lost. Mm -hmm. I I had LOs that worked for me, quit, and I'm getting really frustrated because is it it something I'm doing? Is it something the company? And I think it was a mixture of both. It's still still definitely a challenge, but getting the hang of it, I've probably got about maybe 12, 14 loan officers that work for me now and about four assistants. I I got a little... we, we keep adding people every single week, so I'm losing count. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's when you when you manage an office, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. You got not only am I responsible for my own production, but I'm responsible for what everybody else is doing, responsible for everything, even making sure there's supplies in there, making sure the IT is all set up, making sure everybody's got their computer screens. There's everything that comes that that goes with it, and and making sure that their files are closing, that if they run into a problem. I've got to pause everything I'm doing on my own files, no matter how crucial, and make sure theirs are closing. But you earn, you earn a, a certain amount off of each person that works for you. So that was really what allowed me to kind of step up to that next level. You're having a good team set up. Yeah, yeah. It's all about the team. Nicole, is he is he bullshitting us or is this true? <laughs> <laughs> Does no, he even it's have an true. office? We just got our new office actually. Oh yeah, I need so. to come check it out in Irvine, right? Yeah. In Irvine, yeah. Right by yeah. right by Equinox, the, the the bigger Equinox. I think there's two. Um so we got the furniture delivered Friday, installed Saturday, have all the IT set up, mm-hmm. um, got all the locks rekeyed, all the parking permits, all the stuff that you don't really realize goes into making sure everybody's got what they need. Yeah. And now the docking stations, the printer, the computer screens, mouse, keyboard, toilet paper, all, all of that stuff. Yeah. Coffee machine. And yep. So, so um, Nicole, so I wanted to uh, chat. That's, that's, that's very interesting. I'll, I'll come back to you. I, do, you want, do, you, do you have any questions to follow up? No, keep going. Yeah, so um, I wanted to ask you. So we now know Ryan's journey, right? It's, it's very... It's a very steep, like if you if you do this mathematically, they call it the slope is really high, which is like the curve is like this, right? Instead right. of like mm-hmm. a stair step, right? Right. So that's interesting. So where would you say that you are on this journey? So this is very new to you, right? Because you wanted to do uh, more on the realtor side and then you, you met him and then you kind of got Into interested. the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> on the lending side. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can make up to six points on uh, when you close a house. I know. Instead of, instead of one and a half, like Ryan. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but you know his his like comeback for that is like, well, you can like have a lot of deals at once, and I yeah, think for exactly. realtors, it's maybe harder to focus on, you know, like thirty deals in one month, right? Unless um, you yeah. have the team. You know, what was that? Is, unless you have a team, which is what I'm hoping to move up to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. that's cool. It's all that's about good to know. See. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a little bumpier for me I'm not sure if that's true or not but um you know I'm working part-time still so it's definitely like a slower uh transition um we're dealing with COVID right now so we weren't you know in in an office and I think that makes it kind of a little bit harder to keep your motivation up and be with the team um, almost like going to the gym, you know, it's always harder to work out yeah. by yourself than when you're in the environment of yeah. other people working out around you. Um, so I think that for me has kind of been a little bit harder, but um, I'm still doing okay. You know, still always, always have something to work on. So, you know, what's 
a blessing though is like you know you obviously have it you know obviously you guys are getting married so it's a little bit different but it's a mentor yeah you know like the fact that he's he's learned all these things he's gone through the gamut and paid his dues i mean you are in no better position than right now like the fact that he wants your success is invested in your success yeah and he has all the resources you ever want it's great you put in half the time he did on a daily basis you'll you'll get to that same point how cool is that yeah it is it is really cool and it's cool because we have a really great team right now so you know he's a lot of times he's busy doing just manager stuff, putting right. out fires, things like that, yeah. um, dealing with complaints or whatever. So um, when he's busy with that, I also have an a, additional mentor um, nice. who's really, really nice, really awesome, and a great teacher too. You have two so, mentors. I know. Have I have two mentors. I'm so spoiled. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to uh, Olga actually today. And, oh, yeah. Uh, she just uh, left the management. Yeah. She, yeah. She just started joining yeah. Keller. So I was just giving her some tips and stuff and um, was telling her how I'm, I'm working with Nasheen. And Nasheen, uh, if you're listening, you're a gangster. I was just bragging <laughs> about <laughs> Nasheen. Just, she just, she's just good at what she she's does. She's good. And, uh, and I'm blessed that she's my mentor and teammate. And so I'm hustling. I, I, I know next to nothing. Um, so I'm just like hustling hard. I don't mind bringing coffees like I did the other day. Like any way I can provide Aww. value so I can soak up that knowledge and just be in that room and learn what I got to learn and, and get involved in the, the deals as much as possible. Cause I'm trying to do the same thing, you yeah. know, um, and just bring myself up yeah. very, very quickly. And ha- so I have a successful music school. Um, and I could have had that like 10 years ago, had I just been humble and just call some owners and just ask for hey like i kind of want to do this thing yeah uh, i this is what i have and and just at least risk getting told no and yeah. grinding for three months you know like you did if, i wish i would have done that i didn't yeah. do that I, yeah. I don't know why yeah you know so you're in such a perfect position and that's a that's a talking point you know on its own but i mean just right for success it's about knowledge mentorship and just hustle you got to have what he has though more than anything i've yeah. i've offered my mentorship to other people who are wanting to either start a business or get involved in you know real estate and i always say well first you got to find your why yeah. like do you really want this because for everything it's always like the train analogy it just yeah, takes a lot right? to get moving no totally. one's gonna take you seriously at first so yeah um for anyone listening that's the secret to everything it's so simple yeah you know He's awesome. too nice. He offers mentorship to everyone. <laughs> I do. I'm like, they're all losers. Why are you really even talking about that? <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, they shouldn't even make eye contact with me. <laughs> I, uh, and I'm always seeking mentors myself. Um, and I found that most of them are just super, well, they, they can see that I'm already grinding. So that's always the easiest part. It's when they see you already on your way. You know, um, yes. I was just talking with um, the owner of my business. He's next door. And we're talking about we're expanding the school, we're adding more rooms. And not to make this about me, but kind of on this subject, yeah. we were just chatting and we kind of just got into this flow of just talking about business. And he's all oh, like, you, you know, he asked my age and he's like, I started my business when I was your age. And it's, it's so exciting. You got all this energy and things are going well. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, and he said something about, you know, because I was saying, well, I'm hoping to squeeze out some more profit. It's not as profitable as I uh, I'm hoping so. I'm always trying to figure out a way. And I was telling him, well, it's, we're going to be on a waiting list at the end of this month. And so I need these rooms to be done. You know, he's never excited to see me anymore. Because I'm always <laughs> like, hey, what, uh, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and so half of his staff has got COVID. So that's why. Like, uh, So, you know, I'm yeah. still just like knocking on the door. Just like, just checking in. <laughs> Anyways, point is, but, but to circle it all back and to wrap the point, uh, he said, oh, you should just raise your prices. You know, you're going to have to wa- raise your prices. And because I just raised my prices, I was like, 
Yeah, I'm gonna. And so, literally today, hours ago, I told my um, administrative assistant, instead of a regular registration fee, um, we're going to do a membership fee. So it's an mm. annual thing, and we're gonna bring everything up. You know, mm. and everything just went up for any new students, any incoming students. Yeah. And uh, of course, like that's simple economics, and it just took him to kind of like throw that at me, and it was like, oh yeah, I. I don't know why I'm not doing that, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so having that mentor, even that was an accidental mentorship. Yeah. Um, he's not even in the same industry, but you know that he just mm. threw that at me and I was just like, yep. How useful. Yeah. Exactly. In- inflation is 7%. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep <laughs> up. Make sure you're charging at least, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yields are going through the roof too. He's getting it all back. Cause I'm yeah. paying him rent. You know? <laughs> hey Nicole, I want to ask you, yeah. um, um, so you started it's, this is a new business for you and i do see like you know your instagram like ads and stuff not really ads but your posts yeah do do you see any um, um uh, clients from that or i see more um i see some like potential leads mm-hmm. you know people that aren't necessarily ready to buy right now but they'll message me and like hey this is my situation what can i do mm-hmm. so i offer them advice um and I, I definitely notice it actually helps like my realtors even like reach out to me and just kind of stay top of mind for them a little bit more. Yeah, so you it just does bring me yep. something. Yeah, you just keep the flow going yep. so they keep seeing you yeah. all the time. Right? Yeah, top of mind don't forget when they about that me. job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's super good. smart, yeah. especially for, for starting like and just not really having any traction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Video content is huge. It is huge. Yeah. And I feel like it's something I, I want to be, you know, better at. I told you about my rinky dinky youtube <laughs> there's like three little commercials on there right now oh, really? but i want to get better at that and kind of push myself to yeah. to grow because i know it has a lot of value no yep. the ig posts are good i, I read them that you know I, I know i know almost as much as ryan because that's why how i annoy him every day <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like what do you mean 10 percent brings the pmi point i know like, i hear you guys talking <laughs> yeah. you sound like two lenders yeah, totally. yeah i know i'm the worst probably client but also Pretty fun because I could I could if you say something I can understand right yeah so but that's true. For, you know so you do post really good posts with material in them so do you make those posts or do you have hired it out to some no I make them oh really yeah you shouldn't write all of those stuff I write yeah. all of it wow that's, yeah. that's that's cool isn't it I thought you just hired out someone some VA in Vietnam in, no you know, <laughs> actually <laughs> you'll have <laughs> India is just like do it bro yeah, that's <laughs> no great. and DIY. it's funny those posts used to take me like two hours and now mm-hmm. I'm. Because I'm, you know, being more consistent about it, it's taken me maybe like 20 minutes now. So yep. that's, that's cool. just goes to show. You get assistance. Any post you see, I'm not doing it. Probably Drew's. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing oh, all okay. that yeah. I, I don't know nothing about Instagram. Yeah. Unless it's it a takes, video about numbers. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's why we're doing this. You know, uh, our boy Evan is, you know, did all this for us and hooked us all up. I know. It's so nice. Yeah. yeah it's, just, it's nice to sit and just like go. You know, for sure. For the first few, you know, it was me like figuring out the angle and the yeah, camera yeah. and this whole thing. Yeah, it was, good. I mean, it was good. good. Yeah, yeah. It was a good setup for sure, but it was just this it was a lot part, of work yeah. uh, and tear down. So, so the the next part of the conversation, you know, I wanted to give the listeners a little um, like a motivation with you know you guys and especially Ryan too with uh, how far he's climbed really fast. I like that. I like meeting people like that who are very inspirational. But next, you know. I want to get into the, because this podcast is about real assets, right? It's already, and social is just conversations about, you know, future and stuff. So I wanted to get more into lending and then let's break it down for the listeners to see, okay, well, I want to buy a house. I want to buy an investment house. It's one, mm-hmm. two, three, four doors. 
what what does one has to do like what, what do we have to do like do i need a job like are, are we doing uh you know fog and mirror uh, loans anymore or is that done with 2008 we can do it without a job now oh you can do that <laughs> they're yeah. coming back down now they they, they, they have uh, the private money stated programs okay Anywhere well they usually pay like a point or two points higher than yeah they, it, it's uh 20% down minimum up to mm-hmm. 3 million if i remember correctly interest rate is not bad 4.6 mm-hmm. to 5.7% Mm-hmm. Uh, they need six to 12 months reserves okay. and they don't verify income in any way, shape or form. Okay. So that's for more advanced people. Let's break it yeah. down to like the <laughs> normal American guy yeah. who's making $60,000 a year. He's a manager at Target. What is he going to do? What does he need to do? Uh, we need, that, f- we need a FICO score. Mm-hmm. So, what is that? Uh, it's the, it's your three credit scores. Mm-hmm. So the, the, we throw out the high score. We throw out the high score. Throw out the low score. Use the middle score. Okay. And need two years consistent work history. That doesn't mean you have to keep the same job for two years. Mm-hmm. It just has to make sense. If you go work an office job, then you're gonna start off uh, working a, a trade, then go work in a sales position, then you're working at Target, then you, if you're jumping all over the map and anybody who looks at it realistically can agree that it's inconsistent, mm-hmm. that's what they're gonna dock you on. But they allow you to change industries, they allow you to change jobs, They just they, it, it's just gotta make sense. Mm-hmm. So on, on top of that, we need one month pay stubs, two years W-2s, two months bank statements Mm -hmm. and they have to be able to source any large deposits. So we'll get clients sometimes that they don't like using banks. They'll Mm -hmm. have 50 grand in a safe at their house. You can't just put that money in the bank or think you're going to bring 50 grand to the escrow company and then use that money. We tried that with Drew. It didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I literally had yeah. a bunch of money in a safe. Did you really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For our first deal, I'm like yeah. pulling it all out. I'm like carrying him like to the bank. And, and you thought you th- you think he's worse? K1 is even worse. He gives me money in bags. <laughs> oh yeah. What about JK though? JK was, is even worse, guys. JK is like a high income earner, like self made. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's, he's, he's like crushing it, but. He had like a bunch of cash, just like it's I don't still know. There. It's still there. It's yeah. Probably under his mattress. Yeah. Um. What's his address? All <laughs> <Not> right, <laughs> one two three Main Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. All, all of our we have interesting people. But Steve, if you're listening, damn, send the freaking W two and the two months bank statements. <laughs> We're waiting on you for two weeks now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but that's cool. Okay, so for people who don't know, how do you improve your FICO score? Should I go get uh, two more cars? Because I heard on the news that you know a, a new car will improve your credit line. Is that true or not true? So not true. Okay. It, it will, but yeah, not in the immediacy. You're gonna drop some points, yeah. and then you're gonna recover them and kind of break even by around three months. Then mm-hmm. over the next several months, it will start building your score, but it's gonna be probably a year, two years before you start seeing an improvement. The, the fastest way is credit utilization. Mm-hmm. If you are maxing out or kind of going over that 50% utilization on your credit cards, mm-hmm. it's going to temporarily drop your score. So mm-hmm. as soon as you pay them back down, you'll recover all of the points that you lost. Yeah. But the, the, the FICO is, is risk-based. So mm-hmm. if you're maxing out credit cards, you're telling the bureaus that you don't have enough money to pay it without the credit cards, they're going to drop your score. Um, so keeping the util- utilization down. Second thing is, and this is kind of a, a kind of a hack, 
the authorized user. So yeah, yeah. If, I know someone who just did that. Yeah, <laughs> if you have, uh, if you have someone, let's say for example, the mom she has Sears card. Are they even in business anymore? Sears. Yeah, uh, I, I think okay. so. I, I right. think the South Coast Very Plaza well? one day. I think that one shut down. Yeah, yeah, it okay. did. All right, let's use Sears as an example. If you have a, if if you're, the mom has a Sears card that she's had for ten years, mm-hmm. there's 120 on-time payments on there. Mm-hmm. When if she were to add her son as an authorized user, for example, it's gonna trans, it's gonna copy that credit history over to the son. So those 120 payments will copy over to his credit. Yeah, it'll instantly boost his score. Yeah. So anywhere 30, 50 plus points. Yeah, and you do that on a few cards, you can have a really high score really quickly. I, I had a borrower one time. He was using a family member's so- social because he had an I-10. Mm-hmm. Just got his citizenship and finally got issued his own social. The family member's social, was the, the FICO score was over a 700. When he wanted to look at homes, we can't use his family member's social and his ID and kind of mix and mm-hmm. match, right? So the wife was one of those that any store she walked into, if she was offered a, fr- a credit card and she got a discount, she would sign up. Mm-hmm. She had cards that were 15, 20 years old, never used them, but kept them open. Mm-hmm. So they all, it's the perfect scenario you could think of. Mm-hmm. So we had her add her husband onto five cards. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making this up. I think the bureaus might have gotten a little bit smarter uh, at this and, and they don't. They don't give you as much benefit as they used to, but he had no FICO. There was nothing on his actual social. Three weeks later, he was at a 770. Wow. About six months after we closed, we checked in with them. He got a Home Depot card of his own, and he was pretty low on his FICO. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was buying all kinds of tools and fun stuff. So. Yeah, so, I mean, so for the listeners who are listening, you know, I, I study this like a like a genius. I, I, I churn credit cards like nobody. The credit card companies hate me. I've, they've been trying to collect $1 from me for the last 20 years. They have made nothing, right? <laughs> I churn them around. Tell, uh, tell the audience what churning credit cards so churning credit cards is like when you're poor like me and you go and buy two houses on a credit card, you, 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 need, you need to make the payments at some point. But if you have enough history with the credit card companies, um, you could actually, you know, get a 0% on there and then, you know, you can move it to another credit card and you, you can do a balance transfer and you can play this game for a long time. But it's a very <laughs> dangerous game and it's a very complex game. If you don't yeah. know what you're doing, you'll end up paying 25%. And then you will be homeless because, <laughs> you know, and your credit will go to zero. Yeah. However, for me, my yeah. credit is like 800 and I have like a bunch of credit cards, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's interesting what you could do. So, um, so the first one was, uh, we were talking about the credit card. So that's used to um, drive your credit score. But most of the things we talk about here is very long term, right? So what people don't understand is you can't just go open up a credit card and actually you know, hope to make that a, a, like an improvement for your uh, score. So these are long-term investments. Like my credit card is from 2008. To guess when I came to the U.S., 2008, right? Mm. So that's, that's, I have like a 14-year history, you know. So if I add uh, Drew to that credit card, he's going to get a 40-point bump immediately because mm-hmm. they're going to be like, oh, Drew paid payments for 14 years, never missed a payment. <laughs> his, credit, mm. his credit line is like $71,000, right? It's crazy that's even a thing. That is a yeah. thing. It yeah. blows my mind a little bit. I, I have a feeling it won't be for much longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. 
But uh, but uh, so that's one. You know, multiple credit lines is another one. So you, they see you, you have multiple credit clients, and you always pay. That's also good. Yeah. So let's uh, get off the credit stuff. So that's one way to boost your credit score, right? So that's why do we want a higher credit score? Because you will get money for cheap. Like the 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 higher the credit score, you can borrow at like high amounts. Like Drew and I, we have millions of dollars in debt, and we pay about three percent. Which means that if you think you're smart saving your money, you are not very smart. You're super dumb because I borrowed all of your money at 3% and I'm buying houses and you're renting the houses I bought, right? So the, the, the game that we are playing is assets and the how I educate people is you want to do the things the Federal Reserve and the U.S. does, right? So you didn't never want to bet against the dollar or you never want to bet against the U.S. or the Federal Reserve, right? Because they will always win. So I just do what they're doing at a smaller scale. The U.S. borrows money, like trillions of dollars, and then they devalue the dollar, right? And then they borrow more. So what this does is it, it makes the burden on the U.S. much less because they keep devaluing the dollar by printing more dollars, right? <coughs> so I just figured out that's what we're going to do. We will borrow millions of dollars, and then the U.S. will just print more dollars and then devalue my dollars. Then I will pay with the new dollars, which are cheaper. But I borrowed like five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the same concept. So I just educate people how to get into this game. So, so you're just outrunning inflation, basically. Pretty much. So yeah. in this in this, in this this environment, debt is now an asset, which is crazy to believe. Like yeah. All of my debt is an <coughs> asset I have. Well, maybe explain a little bit about the difference between perhaps leveraged debt and like rotating debt, you know? So, well, you can also say bad debt, good debt yeah. as well. So um, leveraged debt is something, um, you know, you, you take, uh, you put a down payment and, you know, like some, like uh, let's say I have $20, I go to Ryan, I'm like, hey, I need $80, you know, the house is $100, right? So he's going to lend me on the $80. So that is leverage because I am using Ryan Bank's dollars to buy my asset, that asset is going to pay me, and then I can pay off the debt, right? So that's the leverage. That's also a positive uh, debt, or a, um, um, it's a good debt because I'm not really paying for it. Now, on the other hand, if I go buy two boats, that's a liability because oh yeah, that's I'm not buying a paying boat. for it. Unless you rent that boat on tour and you make like hundreds of thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. then it's different, right? So, so that's uh, what uh, Drew was asking about. But let's keep going on uh, how to get a loan. Um, so what else? What else do we have to do, Ryan? Other than the credit score, what else do you need? Need the down payment. You need the down so payment. What if I don't have the down payment? Like what we're doing right now? I have, I have no money, but I'm buying a million dollar house in uh, Orange County. How how is that possible? So, you just know people with money. Yeah. That's it. I right? didn't know if you, I didn't know how much you wanted me to say <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I kind of sit quiet there. For for the average person, let's say they have they have decent FICO score, decent mm-hmm. income, like the majority like the majority of households, decent FICO score, decent income, but they're living paycheck to paycheck. They yeah. can afford a mortgage, but what they can't do and have difficulty do is making the transition from renting to shelling out thirty, forty thousand dollar down payment to buy a house. Mm-hmm. There's programs that will allow you to borrow there, there's there's two types of programs there's, there's programs that will allow you to borrow the down payment and the closing costs such as cal hafa mm-hmm. um it's cal hfa a majority of mortgage banks will do that program you won't see your average bank like chase wells fargo bank of america they'll they'll typically never do the down payment assistance programs they're higher risk <clears throat> a little bit trickier borrowers and and those let's face it those big banks are making a ton of money alone just off of overdraft fees, let alone everything else that they've got going on. How how poor do you have to be to get those loans? 
Can I get it if I make 100K? So there's max there's maximum income limits per county. Mm-hmm. So this market's been, to be honest with everybody, though, this market's been a little more difficult to get offers accepted with those programs. Yeah, when, I was just when, mention that. Yeah, oh, so when, you have to disclose them? What's that? You have to disclose them on the contract, like when Drew writes the contract. You got to say I am poor. I'm borrowing money from the government to put down. I don't know if I'm supposed to give the give it the way we do it, but okay. It <laughs> depends on what state you live in. Okay, what about a super blue state? <laughs> you can still do it. There's ways around it. Huh? There, there, there's yeah. there's definitely ways around it. Okay, but you typically have to make it. You typically have to show that you have the money. Mm-hmm. And then what's to say oh, the client? Oh, I know what you're saying. Okay, what's to say the client didn't change their mind in escrow? and decide they no longer want to use their money and still close on time and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. So with those types of programs, though, it's very difficult in this market when they're getting 20-plus offers per home, some of them way over asking, some of them waiving a ton of, uh, almost all the contingencies, 20% down. Sounds like you're pointing buyers. fingers at someone. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah. much everything Vince does. Yeah. Uh, so that it's just it's very difficult for those for those buyers because they're traditionally longer escrows. They if they're doing down payment assistance, mm-hmm. if there's an appraisal gap, there's no money there to cover it. Mm-hmm. And almost at the bare minimum, buyers are, are writing in the contract an appraisal gap. Mm-hmm. So those programs are available. Calhafa has consistently been one of the better ones. It's it they allow you to borrow up to 103 percent of what the house is worth. Hmm. Calhafa wow. has fees that are involved. You can buy a home with a decent interest rate and come out of pocket $5,000 for the whole transaction. Hmm. Wow. The money does have to be paid back. Tri- typically, it's paid back through the equity. So what that means Do is- Do they l- claim equity in your house? No, they don't. Oh, okay. No. So they- so They're they, a pure lender. Correct. Correct. Okay. So if they give you a loan for thirty grand, you owe them thirty grand plus I, I, the- down payment portion, I haven't checked it in a couple weeks, but last time I did check, down payment portion was accruing interest at 1%, simple interest. Closing assistance portion was zero interest. Okay. Wow. So That's pretty nice. Yeah. It's, it's, you had to make like 75 or less or something? It depends on the county because I haven't done these in quite a while, probably since early 2020. That's when this madness started. We really got away from those. It, it just makes it makes it very difficult for the realtors, too, because they're running around all yeah. weekend long, submitting 30 offers. Nobody's considering them. So the realtors are avoiding them. So we, we did these very frequently from the time I started in real estate until end of 2019. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Just so that listeners understand what we're talking about, we're talking about like um, interesting programs different states offer to assist with down payment. Bank of America has one where they credit up to 17500 if you are so much X below the median income or the properties in like some some form of like a lower income area, right? Yep. But in today's environment, we are in January 2022. If you even open your mouth and say you're going to get some kind of assistance or FHA, you're, you're your offer will immediately be burnt and thrown in the river. Like <laughs> y- they won't even look at your face. Like it's a yeah. waste of time. Because if if you call Drew, he's a realtor in California, and he say, "Hey, so I'm getting my down payment from Cal Hafa, and then it's going to be an FHA, and then you know my sister's uncle is going to give me the money for the down payment." He knows you're a waste of time. A lot of listers, a lot of listing agents on the MLS will put it, no FHAs, no yeah. VAs, yeah. straight yeah. up. 
Fiji's like, are usually the easiest ones too. Oh, are no. they really? Yeah. Yes, they're, they're very complicated too, man, because they they have a lot of rules too. They're like FHA, but zero down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of red tape, I'm assuming. I yeah. mean, if you do an FHA, they're going to go dock you on shipping paint and stuff, you know, like yeah. ridiculous yeah, stuff. Yeah, like a that. few other things. I like them though. There's no down payment, no PMI. <coughs> the interest rate is stupid low on these programs. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really to it on the processing side hmm. and actually doing the loan. Really? Interesting. And then the interest rates are so low. These guys are, ex- and the payment's so low. We never get shopped on these programs. Mm-hmm. So, and it's typically guys who are high income earners, high FICO score. They've got plenty of money in the account. So they're high FICO, mm-hmm. high income. And with VA, there's no loan limits. There's no debt to income ratios. That, there's none? There's none. Wow. Wow, I didn't know any of this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Do we know any VAs we can uh, partner with? <laughs> I know, right? I know, I know a couple guys, yeah, but... Yeah, so there, they, yeah. they, there used to be an income. There used to be a, uh, a, a loan limit, but they've since done away with them. They charge a little bit more on the interest on the on the point side, mm-hmm. but it's still ridiculously low for VA because they pretty much only pay the closing cost. So I mean, we can. I, I've gotten a DU approval on VA with a seventy-two back end, which is like 50% higher than what FHA will allow for those of you that if, don't know. If what he just said to you guys makes no sense, uh, <laughs> DU is desktop underwritten, <coughs> and DTI means debt to income ratio, and backend means, you know, you want to explain how backend ratios work? Yeah, backend ratio, the formula takes the total house payment plus your monthly debts divided by your before tax income. Yeah, and the front end is just the... The house payment over income. Yeah, so that's pretty good. So those qualifying ratios are what the government uses to determine where the stopping points are for Mm -hmm. borrowers and the maximum they can afford. Yeah. I mean, the the, the key for listeners to understand is it gets really complex is you need to call someone, like call Ryan or call Nicole or whoever you want to call. And get started on this process if you're really thinking about buying assets and you know moving yeah, forward in life. Yeah, yeah. Because you you won't be able to pick all of this up in like listening to one episode, right? The the whole concept is, you know, learn what's happening and then you know try to figure out a way to put your name on title. Yeah. You know? What's great is you really don't have to know a whole lot. You know, you can rely yeah. on experts like you guys, which is nice. But it is step one. You know, this you want to know. Listeners. You want to know a little bit. If I call Ryan and <laughs> Ryan says, "Yeah, the going rate is seven point two percent, and it's uh, twenty points to get started," I'll be <laughs> like, mm, "Maybe I'll look for another bank." You know? yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So those kind of things you, you want to know. Watch the unscrupulous types. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that I'm making a lot of money. I'm just doing about two loans a, a year. It's secret. It's the Ryan from 2016. <laughs> he will do anything to get that loan. They're, they're, sub, probably, they're subprime. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll probably do it for free back then, huh? Because you were just trying to get into the game, right? I pretty much would. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I started out, I was maxing out credit cards right and left just mm-hmm. to try to stay afloat because I was going to do anything to not have to continue with my previous job. Yeah. So it's really, um, you know, uh, interesting thing about, you know, uh, since we have the lenders here, it's, it's good to know is interesting thing I've learned over the years is uh, your credit score is, uh, and, you know, these things kind of like educate you when you want to buy assets, you know, like to, 
you know, you, to figure out your life, really. Like, if you, if you don't have everything figured out, you know, if you go to a loan uh, officer, they will tell you, You've, you messed up. Like, your mm-hmm. life is not good, bro. You need to, you need <laughs> to figure it out. It's like, you have 70% debt to income ratio. What are you even doing coming here, you know? <laughs> so then you can maybe go get another job. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, maybe you should stop eating at Whole Foods every day when you're working at Walmart, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so different things you could did, you'd learn. Do we actually mention the DTI thing? Because that's part of it as well. Did we talk about that? Yeah, so DTI is debt to income. I'll make uh, Ryan uh, explain it more. But it's pretty much like how much money you make and then, you know, um, uh, how much debt you have, right? So that's de- literally what it is, debt to income. So if you have a lot of debts every every month, like you have a lot of credit card payments, you're not going to be able to get a loan. And as far as I know, it's pretty much caps out at 50%. Over 45 people don't like it already, the lenders, right? So if you make uh, $1,000, you can the max loan you can get is $500 a month, right? Is that accurate? If you make over how much? If, you, if, you, if your uh, monthly income is 1000 bucks and then you have no debt, the best loan you'll give is 500 bucks. Correct, correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty much debt to income. Yeah. So you want to have all your debts as low as possible, the income as high as possible. Correct. And, and to kind of put it in perspective, Every hundred thousand you borrow, your payments about six hundred a month. So five hundred thousand is at what rate though? It's it's changed a little, so we're getting used yeah. to the uh, the newer. Yeah. It's probably about five, it's probably about uh, six fifty per yeah. month now. But we'll we'll, you, we'll we'll still use that because it keeps the math a lot simpler. Yeah. Um. So every hundred thousand, about six hundred a month. So five hundred thousand dollar home is about three thousand dollar mortgage you need to earn twice that before taxes. So about six grand a month in order to qualify for that mortgage. If the house is 600,000, payments 36, you need to earn 72. If you have debts, that's going to skew the numbers a little bit, but kind of gives you a ballpark to uh, shoot for. And every every $1 worth of debt is gonna wipe out about $2 worth of income. So, okay. So, Ryan, so for the listeners, so I'm buying a house. I don't know if I'm going to close. Hopefully I do. Um, my uh, PITI, principal interest, taxes, and insurance, is going to be about six grand a month, but I don't make $12,000 a month. So what is happening there? How am I getting that loan? Co-signer. Co-signer. So that's another key, guys. So you can actually have your sister or your mom, your brother-in-law, Drew, Ryan, anybody could co-sign. You know? So that's also another... Um, important thing that you could know. There's uh, a lot of pros and cons. If you do a lot of co-signing, your debt to income gets hit too, so you can't buy as many houses. So, you know, that's another portion. So, you know, that's another thing to think about. Although after, one, one thing I want to add is that although after 12 months, if you if you are a co-signer, <coughs> after 12 months, that debt is no longer considered your debt. It no longer is a hit against your DTI. As long as you're not occupying the property. Somebody else is making the mortgage payment out of their account. It's never been late and it's never been in forbearance. So you need that 12 months nice. consistent payment history that, that with, with no break in it. So that was the problem too when it came to co-signers and, and, and refinances is when people would go into forbearance, you lose that mm-hmm. 12 month history. So now you can't, if they were a co-signer, and let's say the person they co-signed for was in forbearance, you lose that 12 months history. So now you have to hit the co-signer with that house payment. Wow. So if they were trying to refi their own house, they couldn't because they had, had co-signed. What about a forbearance and then you wait for 12 months, then you're good? Well, now they, they've actually changed it. Hmm. You needed, uh, if, if, 
I'm 95% certain on this one. I, I had just actually emailed on this scenario is as long as they had the 12 months consistent before they went into forbearance, then they're okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, forbearance was a hot topic. Um, you know, we had the option, uh, Drew and I, of taking forbearance because California is super awesome. They tell the tenants don't pay, but we have to pay property taxes, right? So it's very interesting. But we had the option of uh, taking forbearance. The reason I didn't take forbearance is I would lose my capability to buy new loans. And I've been aggressive and we bought a lot of houses during the pandemic. So we ate it. Drew and I covered the mortgages when, you know, uh, when the tenants didn't pay, but we were able to keep constantly keep buying either on his name or my name or my sister's name. So that's the option. So every time you take a handout from the government, you think it's good, but it usually, unless, unless you really have to, you lost your job, you know, we still take, you know, you know, take it and then, you know, pay it back later. But if you don't have to, don't do it because it's, it's, it never helps. It never helps that person. Like even when, you know, they were paying, uh, people $600 extra and then all the unemployment, you know, all over the place, right? So what happens is, wh what do you think the person does when they get the unemployment? Wh what is the first thing you would do, Ryan, when you when you get unemployment? What would you do with that money? What would I do with that money? Yeah. Well, he's probably the wrong person to ask. Yeah. <laughs> what, would you, what would you do? I think the average person, let's just say, what do we think the average person would do? The average person is going to pay rent, right, when he gets the unemployment money. Mm -hmm. Who owns that building? Right? I own that building. Mm -hmm. So no matter how much money you give poor people, they will always give it back to people who own assets. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I could literally print billions of dollars and give it to all the poor people. You know what will happen? They'll raise the taxes and the inflation will go up and they'll get more poorer and I'll own all the assets. Right. Mm -hmm. So unless you own assets in this country, you're going to get wiped out. doesn't matter how much money anybody's giving you. That's a guy who's a Section 8 tenant for us in Bakersfield. He's been there for 15 years. He'll probably be there forever you know pr pretty decent tenant you know he, he'll live there he, he pays rent whatever his portion but that's all he'll ever do he gets that he gets that little paycheck every month from the government keeps him tied to that one property yeah you know uh, they're always on time they're always <laughs> on time but you know for yeah. that person itself so it does that is that really helping him you know my my I'll give you a little bit of history a lesson is, uh, you know, my dad, you know, uh, you know, he, he lived in a town in, in South India um, and, uh, you know, he had a lot of brothers. Uh, but growing up, my dad decided, um, you know what, I'm, he, he's going to go to the big city. He didn't want anything to do with that little town. Right. So he left everything he had. And then he he went to a, a major town. He took a huge risk. He bought some assets there and stuff. But it's, you know, some of the people who, who stayed there, you know, they wanted the house or the or the car or the bike. You know, they just. They thought that's all life is, you know, and then they got, you know, tied to that little property. Mm. You know, you, you you know, you don't take a risk and, you know, no, it does nothing. Like, you yeah. know, we, we have tenants who don't pay, but the biggest achievement in life is they didn't pay rent for a year, right? <laughs> it's uh, It doesn't really serve. It's an animosity there. So. Yeah, he's, he's voicing his frustration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, but it's I'm been a year of interesting. <laughs> but it's, it's not really my frustration, too. I'm, I'm talking about it from the from the point of the tenant mm -hmm. it's not really serving i'm saying if you take money like we could have taken forbearance right mm -hmm. we had the opportunity we could have i think if you took forbearance for uh 2021 we would have made 100 grand yeah in just like but but all they're going to do is tack that onto the back but of now, your loan but but we won't have any more assets i can't right. buy in like you know like yeah. like what you were saying right if you do the forbearance they 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 won't give you the they, they'll look at it as the you know they can't take it out and all that stuff very interesting correct yeah, they they came on pretty hard with some of the guidelines on the forbearance because it was unchartered te territory mm -hmm. with lending. Yeah. The more time that's gone on, the more they've kind of relaxed on on how 
much it affects people. Yeah, hmm. they could have taken uh, forbearance on uh, mom's keys. Hypothetically, what if we did forbearance on just? So you'd have to do forbearance on uh, how many properties we have at that point. I don't know. I'm, I'm, well, where I'm going with this, let, let's just say they're all on you at that time, yeah. and then you filed for forbearance. Mm-hmm. Could I do a loan? Yeah, you could do a loan. So that, yeah. you know, that's what I'm saying. So we could have done forbearance yeah. on mom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, she and then loan. I mean, that's like 40 grand a year, that loan, right? Right. She ain't, she ain't buying another house. Right. She's right. retired. Yep. Let her credit go to zero. Who cares, right? And then There's now we have the 40 <laughs> grand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, we could have done that. Yeah, that's a, that's a play. Interesting. Yeah. But if you're signed on the, on your mom's, then you can't exclude that liability showing she's paying for but it. But she he's not on the loan. He's only on title. Right. I'm on gotcha, title too. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, if you fine. do a credit check, we won't come up. Yeah. We'll, we'll right. only pull up on the asset. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Then you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. it'll be you'll be fine. Yeah. Never yeah. too late. Well, I'm glad we did it the yeah. way we did it. You know, yeah. we we <laughs> ate we ate some shit sandwiches, but you know, yeah. we we came out. We're, it, things are coming back. We're finally getting like you know checks from oh, yeah, back rents uh, and stuff we got a rental relief check from california actually and they paid six months of back rents for one of our tenants wow yeah, yeah. when i saw that i was like oh this is for real because <laughs> i was just like it was like you know thinking something like was going to show up forever and ever and it's just like after enough time you're just like yeah it's fine it, it's not gonna happen <laughs> as, lo- as long as you can cover the debt service for a while you know and if you yeah. have the reserves for it i mean we always say you know do that right you should be fine there was actually that new FHA program that was just released today. Yeah, zero down. You heard that? Uh, no. It's the no. FHA 100 down loan program. So it is... It's when the previous owners had financed properties with FHA insured loans. They were foreclosed upon. Now the house is owned by HUD. They'll allow the, the new owner <coughs> to do a $100 down payment. Wow. Let's do it. Do we got to occupy it? FHA, yeah. yeah, yeah, FHA, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. it's an FHA program, so the new buyer also would be FHA. Okay, I'm gonna hunt for those deals for myself, man. Yeah, <laughs> this new hope doesn't Ready work. Ready to go out. for that foreclosure.com? <laughs> no, that's actually a real site. Is it foreclosure? Yeah. Is it really? That's a real site. Yeah. yeah. So they're hot owned homes. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder. I wonder the the the, the fight for that. We're all zero downs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in this market, though, it's still yeah, you're going to so, be at the bottom of the of the stack of offers. So, uh, like a closing yeah. uh, uh, stuff, I want to say, let's say um, I'm a new guy. Um, I don't have any homes, but I want to, you know, throw in my towel and try to get a home. What 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 can they do to get that offer accepted? What what can you do? Can you write them something? Is that like a thing that's uh, attested by you that they can go and show? Yeah, so we will we'll we'll submit to the listing agent a copy of the DU. It's an internal document that tells kind of the risk factor in six to eight pages on the loan. Mm-hmm. All listing agents want to see that it, it qualifies you based on credit, income, that type of thing. So we give that to the agent that they're working with, as well as a pre-approval letter. Honestly, what's helped myself and our realtor partners in this market to get offers accepted is the communication. To, yeah. The, squeaky wheel gets the oil mm-hmm. so we're calling them emailing them texting them not being overbearing but letting them know that we're here mm-hmm. because they're seeing that if we're if we're this responsive and we're this hungry for it before we're even in escrow we're going to be very easy to communicate with and get a hold of during the process there's a lot of agents and a lot of lenders that they'll get into escrow with and you can't reach anybody you can't get a hold of anybody mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to get anything done. So that's consistently. I, I used my agents 
used to show up at the listing agent's office with coffee, with donuts, hand the offer in person mm. wow. to get the offers accepted. And sometimes, and not naming names, but the, the agents would throw the uh, my agent a bone. Mm-hmm. And hey, you're not the highest, but I really like the way that you work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can your can your buyer do this amount, and we got a deal? Yeah, so much of everything is likability. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. literally how I do all the deals. Yeah, I just call them, try to make a connection if I can. Yeah, and then squeeze, you know, the deal in. Like, yep. you know, I try to find out what I can, and then find out what they're offering, and then just also offer hundred grand over. <laughs> that's, that's also a technique offer that, a quarter million that'll over. always clinch the deal for sure <laughs> and then a 50 dollar appraisal gap you know the, <laughs> the, the the interesting thing that people don't realize is um what i've noticed is um a lot of people value like the paper dollar a lot so when they make offers they get really tight to they're like mm, i don't want to pay you know like uh, this much over this and that i'm like who cares like my like so <laughs> my, my sister right she she lives in georgia and i love her and she's like our biggest investor mm-hmm. When she's going out to look at the deal and she's like, oh, it's 600, you know, the, you know, we don't want to pay anything over, you know, 623.5. I'm like, who who came up with that number? Like, <laughs> why would you have that number, right? I'm like, I'm offering 200 over with your money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like people value money differently, right? So yeah. I don't value it well, at all. Maybe just, and I, I'm going to try to wrap here pretty soon, but maybe explain to the audience why you're okay with that. So, okay, so why I'm okay with it is I, I understand how the money process works, how the printing works, and how inflation works, right? To me, money is useless, right? As long as as long as long you have your debts covered, you can pay your bills, and, you know, you can do this stuff, right? So if I'm, let's say, let's say, for example, I'm buying a house. It's, hypothetically speaking, it's a million dollars. And let's say, hypothetically speaking, I overpay by a quarter million dollars, right? So um, if I can pay all of the bills at quarter million dollars, and then the property value will go up. Does it matter that I'm paying quarter million dollars over asking, right? Sure. What 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 see, if it's only if you want to sell it right away? Well, yeah, only right. if I want to sell it, right? So I'm yeah. going to live in it for a long time. It doesn't really matter. Time is on your no. side, right? Yeah. So that's that's what's interesting. Yep. As long as you can, you know, cover the debts and you can get, you know, enough money coming in to pay these things. If you're looking at a long term, these assets prices always go up. Even if yep. it goes down, even if it goes down, it'll, it'll always come back up, right? Mm-hmm. I always tell people the worst time to buy real estate was 2006, I think. Early. I've used that line a lot, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. 2006, yeah. 2007. I think the 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 average median price of home, not average, median price of homes in the United States was about quarter million dollars. That was the worst time you could buy because we had a huge crash after that, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, it's close to four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Which means if you if you time the worst time ever, and you bought it at the worst time ever, you were still up by almost 100%. As long as you can cover the expenses. As long as you can cover yeah. the expenses. Everybody who, yep. s- you know, fire sold it. You know, didn't yeah. And, you know, I get that as a realtor um, a lot where, you know, people are like, oh, well, it's the bubble's going to burst. You know, I'm going to wait. And I'm like, man, that I I got a lot of experts that are smarter than I that are not saying that. They're saying... Yeah. It's yeah. gone up 30% just since the pandemic. So, which yep. means if you bought... If you have... Three million dollars of real estate, which we have more than that. That's thirty mm-hmm. percent, you know, that's yeah. a million bucks mm-hmm. we just made. And I, I, I tell the clients the same thing that even if let let's say you buy a home 
the market does dip a little bit, mm-hmm. your more your your rent is still going going to go up. Yeah. Oh yeah. So your rents will continue rents to rise. Are does it really right matter as long as you're comfortable and you can make that payment? Mm-hmm. Does it really matter in the short term what's going on with the value of the home? Yeah. The only time it's going to affect you, the only time you lose money on something is if you sell it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I've been telling these guys who are renting, trying to buy, um, and they're like worried about breaking their lease in June. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. Break yeah, that you're, lease. You're telling, me, you're telling me. So you know, he was telling me this. This how you should. I I like to think of money and assets and stuff, right? So he was telling me like he was talking to a client and he was like, oh, you know, I'm trying to break the lease. I'm like, that's not a, your client. If he's worried about a, a $500, he's breaking the lease, security deposit, you should just delete him from your phone. Yeah. It's not worth your time. I wouldn't even talk to him. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, but what about, like, I am breaking my lease, I guess, next uh, next week. I don't care. I'm like, keep the $2,000. I don't Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, totally. I'm going to yeah. buy a million dollar house. You think I care about well, it? And it's my know. job as a realtor yeah. to educate He can't do this, but I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just explained to them, well, this is how it works. This is why that, m- it doesn't matter. He was saying something about like six grand or something like that. It's so like mm. that six grand is going to be insignificant. Yeah. I mean, right away, you're you're going to own an asset. This thing is going to be well over six grand within probably the end of this month. Yeah. You yeah. know, month, like yeah. at this yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's part of the game is is um, is, edu- is being there to educate. You know, that's yeah. what uh, a real estate person is, is if we're information brokers. Yeah. So And I yeah. think that's just part of learning, right? Some people have to learn the hard way. Some people have to really be in the situation and experience it to, yeah. l- to learn it yep. whether I they think can I'll hear it but they're so attached right to their money first that yeah. they don't see the big picture until the it's thing like is, is people are it. more afraid to to lose something than to gain something yeah and so we're always playing with that psychology even as people who accept money uh, from people who want to partner with us right. on deals which is it's to me because i know our structure it's like it's a slam dunk of course um, yeah. you know, and, uh, I was actually just talking to, uh, Bobby Jacob today Oh, really? and yeah, he's doing some deal. Um, and, uh, I was like, tell me the terms, tell me what's happening mm-hmm. before the sale, after the sale, all that. We pretty much do the same thing. Like our structure is identical, you know, um, anything we got that from exactly right. <laughs> you know, obviously don't reinvent, reinvent the wheel, yeah. but yeah. Um, but the, the, the initial issue, and it still is, even though we're you know successful and doing it and people can see that things aren't working. People are always still just afraid. Like, oh, I got to talk to my wife. I'm like, dude, that. <laughs> you, we I'm got them both you. here. This Learn podcast is actually a scam to actually get money from Ryan to That's invest. That's the whole thing. <laughs> that was the whole scam. That's it. He's not even anything about his lending stuff. That's right. That's all <laughs> what are we doing, Ryan? Let's go on the podcast. Hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> Verbal commitment on the podcast yeah. live. Yeah. Quarter mil. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. You don't need those rims, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the rims can wait. It's true. But uh, but the yeah, I know. almost fell off this morning. By the way. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. You're lying. That's crazy. It was loose. Yeah. Oh man. Ryan has three cars. Ryan, do you want to tell what cars you have? Do you have like a Honda Civic or like do you have like Toyota a Camry, Toyota and a Corolla, Camry? <laughs> like a, like a good like a gas yeah. mileage? No, car? we roll. I no, like we went to lunch guys. with this guy. He rolls up in a Rolls Toyota Royce Toyota Celica with Rolls Royce suicide doors. I'm like, what <laughs> is what? <laughs> yeah. You know, the good thing with uh, these two that I like is, you know, Ryan is um, all high income. But, you know, the real brains is, you know, Nicole, she understands yeah. assets, right? Because she <laughs> came to my, she came to my, uh, what is it, meetup uh, yeah, a uh, meet few up. months ago. And yep. she was like, 
my boyfriend is a psycho. I need to bring him here. Did you bring him the first time? Yes. He okay. came, you know, all 45 yeah. minutes late. So, you know, so yeah. no matter how much money Ryan makes, you know, without Nicole, he's not going to have any assets. You know, yeah. so we need to get Probably him on that. Probably a primary and that's it. Yeah, that's eventually. it. Eventually. Yeah. Like well, at least you have, it sounds like you have your own business though. So it's kind of passive, but you're a manager. So, I mean, that's never really passive. So at least you have that going for you. You have yeah, a successful the business. The manager position is more of a passive income. Mm. But if I'm also not keeping my people busy and, and making sure their deals are closing yep. and there's a lot of fires you, that we have to put out. You always that, have to be active. And yeah, then people. that passive income yeah. is going to stop. Yep. So yeah. it's never nothing's truly passive. Right. I mean, I like to say our our stuff is, you know, I like my mom doesn't even know how much She's not for me, not passive for me. No, for not at all mom. for us. No, yeah. we're super active, actually. <laughs> yeah. For mom, you know, because she was like, oh, here's like a little bit of something for this duplex. And, um, you know, she 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 gets money every month and she doesn't even know it. But if she was like Andrew, like gun to head, I need that money back. Like as like, give, I need that money back ASAP. Mm -hmm. OK. Yeah. yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, We could just we wouldn't even need to sell the asset. We're not gonna sell. We would just refinance. Oh, that asset! I love that asset. Yeah. It performs the so rates well. The garbage about now, though. You know how what we long term rent? Right. Like two point seven. So that's the only bummer. Wow. Yeah. So that's the only bummer. So we yeah. refi. We you know the monthly would go up, but yeah. if she needed her money back, she would get it all back. You know, in yeah. a, in a heartbeat. So I like that. You know, that the fact that the asset goes up every day and always will. Yeah. Uh, is is comforting. So no matter totally. what's happening, or if we have a sinkhole or crappy tenants who we don't pay hopefully the sinkhole eats them Wait, yeah, yeah we're feeding yeah. all of our tenants into the you know, sinkhole if they, <laughs> if, if they do disappear they can't really sue us that's right you know? <laughs> they're Very gone true. you heard it first Ed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any closing remarks uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to um, keep them you know what long. I guess can I, I'll try to summarize what we talked about so I really liked I really liked Ryan's story because um, mm -hmm. when you rolled up in the roles and you know you just you know, when I heard what you made per month, I was like, "Oh, this is this guy's." Just not FYI, Ryan makes more <laughs> per month than I make in a year, yeah, and I have fifty degrees, and I have twenty patents, and I work at a really good job. <laughs> I have a high school diploma. Yeah, there you go. Ryan has a high school <laughs> diploma, and he has three cores. He has what really matters, though, man. You you had that drive, and yeah. you had that humility to just like take it on the nose and and just keep going, man. Not many people have that, and I super admire that. You know. And uh, and I think for sure, you know, that's something you should be very proud of. And and for sure, whether you invest with us or in gold or in something, you want to do that because, man, now that you got it at a certain place, um, you want to get in that passive income place. You know, for me, that's what I'm working on as well. Mm -hmm. I want to be finding more things that will make me money so I can do less and less. I want that freedom aspect so I don't have to. I like to just be able to go. Yeah. You know, so to wrap, though, um. I'd say that work ethic, you had a mentor, you know, you obviously studied and, and learned and, and did the work. That's huge. You know, if, if you guys want to be successful at anything, that's the roadmap. And I, I think one important thing for me that I learned, I, I think maybe I read this in a book somewhere, um, but maybe not, uh, was everybody has that voice in the back of your head when you're going to do something that you don't want to do that sits there and tries to talk you out of it is yeah. was retraining that voice into something mm -hmm. positive and motivating and it's great making yourself making yourself want to do it 
That's great. Because if you choose not to, you're just going to go back to complacency. Yeah. Yeah. And it, not, nothing's going to change. But the second you get out of that comfort zone and you force yourself to do what you don't want to do, that's when things yep. start changing. Yeah. You got uncomfortable. Sounds yeah. like you were uncomfortable yeah. for a while. And that is just, man, I love that. That's kind of where I am whenever. So, like, I, I grew like my music school to the point where I don't like to be there much. And I'm my name's on the door. Um but when I walk into Keller Williams, I'm just like the freshman, dude. You know, yeah. like, I know nothing. So I, I, I am in that process of where you were of just like, uh, I'm just learning, man. I'm just trying to like, you know, if I don't have the answer, I'll like, hey, Nasheen, I'll get, let me get Nasheen on the line or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not easy for sure. You really have just eat that humble pie. And then, but it's because I have this like idea in my mind of where I want to be in five years, you know. You just get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because yeah. you I love know that's that. what's going that's what it's going to take to take it to the next level. Every single person I've ever talked to who's like massively successful, every single one of them has said that in some yeah. form. You know, or or have done that or executed it in some way of just like hearing no a lot. Like it that's that's really what it takes. Most people just avoid pain and yeah. seek pleasure. And so you have to fight your DNA and that's just that's I just lo- I just love stuff like that. I love stories like that. And it sounds like Nicole's gonna be on that path too. Yeah. You know, and you're doing video content, which is probably going to help, you know, yeah. bring you up even more in awareness. You've got a mentor, so you might just get like a slingshot effect and <laughs> be crushing <laughs> it. We'll do a podcast, just Nicole next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. She's What's blinged that? out. She, she's outspaced him. <laughs> she's blinged <laughs> out. The she has two Rolls Royces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, imagine. I've still got no. my one. Yeah, yeah, just the one. Lame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So I like that. That's a cool story. That's a cool takeaway. And that's very inspiring to me. And then the takeaway of like, you know, I like that we kind of split this in half. Uh, if you want to get started, this is step one, you know, and, and knowing a little bit about this is really important because if you call a guy like Ryan and your DTI is, you know, just 500 and you don't even know what a credit or DTI, I'm sorry, a uh, credit score is 500 and your DTI is just, you know, in, in the tank, you're going to. It was bad the first time too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. either way you shape that, five hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So it, you know, if you come, if you come at it and you know nothing, and you've just been a fool with your money and, and buying ridiculous stuff without the income to support it, you know, that's whenever you're going to need to, you know, eat some whole pie yourself and work and build that income, get rid of the debt, build your credit score, pay things off, and then save for the down payment. There's a lot. That's a yeah. lot to do. You know, so. Hopefully this helped you guys to understand that's what you need to do first. Step one is to do that, to prepare yourself for the call for the lender. I had I had one closing uh, remark. Uh, this will be really good for our listeners is, you know, um, a lot of people think like interest rates and like, you know, getting like the best rate is uh, the most important thing. But that actually is actually my least important thing. I Of course, I'm going to try and get the best rate possible. But what I'm looking for is someone I can call, like, you know, Ryan was talking about earlier, like how he will be always on the phone trying to, because when you're trying to get deals in this market, I don't give a crap if the I'm, I have to pay like a little bit more to get the best service possible. Because for me, relationship and service is very more important than, you know, trying to go to another lender and get like a eighth of a point better, right? That actually doesn't help you at all in the yeah. long run. We, we're going to refinance this in two years. Like, let's be yeah. sure, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter like what the rate is. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, the, that's the key thing. So have like good people on your team. So you can actually, they will actually go to battle for you. Let's say my DTI comes up at 51. Well, is it, what if Ryan just walks away from the deal? He's like, you know what? It's not worth my time. And he just leaves. Now I lost the deal. Yeah. Trying to save a quarter of a point. 
or sometimes we're on the phone nine, ten o'clock at night trying to structure deals and mm-hmm. getting those DU done for TV. Yeah, yeah. we've yep. made the offer, right? We might be in the top four. They said they're reviewing the offers. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I could tell you probably four lenders that are cheaper than we are. Yeah. But you can't reach them. You're, you're lucky sometimes to reach them during business hours. Yep. Yeah. Let alone. It's a lot of professions, too. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love that you're just like, you're right there, man. You show up. So when you're telling that story, I was like, oh, yeah, that, he's just that guy. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, especially mm-hmm. in this market, you get, a, you get a lender from the bank and they're working nine to five Monday through Friday and Mm -hmm. you can't reach them on the weekends. Let's say you go see a house on a Saturday. You need to see what those numbers look like. Yep. And for some odd reason, they're going to be reviewing offers Sunday night. Yep. You can't get your updated documents from the bank until Monday. You can't get your approval letter. You have no idea what the numbers look like. Mm. You're stuck. What does it matter? What rate they're giving you? You lost the house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, you get what you pay for, you know, that's that's what it comes down to so yeah well you guys have any closing thoughts anything you want to say let the listeners know say hi to mom <laughs> i think we pretty much wrapped Ready? up yeah. i think we could definitely do a part two and a part three on yeah, this know, right? we'll, yeah. we'll bring you back when we have more assets ryan we'll yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. close we'll a couple to deals with you guys so yeah. we'll, well i guess uh thanks so much for coming on to the podcast uh, ryan nicole um, yeah, thanks for we'll definitely us. try to have your like your links and stuff. So someone wants to get a hold of you guys and you know, um, get you know some questions answered or you know do a do a loan. With what's you guys. your What's your IG handle if people want to follow you? Yeah, hit sure. you up. I'm at Nicole Mortgage Lender. Okay. At Nicole Mortgage Lender. I'm at Ryan Christ. That's K R E I S S. Cool. Yeah. We'll add those guys. Follow those guys, and. Uh, Get your finances situated so you can get some assets or else you're going to be left in the dust. Yes. Uh, as abrasive as Vince can be about being homeless, he's actually kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of right. So you got to give him a pass on that. So he's just telling you that some hard truth that you need to hear. You know. So Vince, closing, closing thoughts, bro? No, no. I think we covered everything. Cool. Um, All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank Stay you. tuned for the next Thank episode. You. Bye. Peace.